All right, so welcome back to another amazing episode of Edup Career School's The Scoop with your host, Kathy Belletti. As you know, this gives me an opportunity to speak with everyone involved in, in the enrollment process. Plus, it also gives me the opportunity to bring career schools to the forefront so people understand what career schools do for our students every day. So today, I have another heavy hitter with me. His name is Jason McWilliams, and he's the Director of Admissions with Pulse Radiology. Welcome, Jason. Hey, how are you? I'm good. What's going on in your world over there, Jason? Uh, it's a whole lot going on. You know how it is with admissions, definitely keeping busy. Um, so it's it's a it's a good thing, but it's keep, definitely keeping me busy. Absolutely. Um, yeah. Oh, I had, there's a correction. I'm actually with, I'm not with Pulse anymore. What? Yeah, there's a, yeah, there's a small correction. I'm at Fortis, Fortis College. Oh, okay. I know Fortis yeah. very well. Well, you know what, Jason, you have an extensive background in higher yeah. education, specifically admissions, and you've also worked yeah. for not-for-profit as well. Mm -hmm. Yes, okay. ma'am. Yeah, I've, I've, I've been across the board. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, I know that's not where your journey started, right? So talk to no. us. How did you even get into higher education? <laughs> you know, it's interesting. Um, I, I fell into, like most people in admissions, you fall into it by accident. It's kind of how it goes. I hear that um, so many times. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, you know, it's interesting. It was something that I never really necessarily intended and went looking for. Um, I've literally been in the industry now for almost 18, 19 years now wow. um, as a whole. Um, and I started out as an admissions rep. And how I started out was um, I literally just applied for a position and uh, was looking for it. It sounded interesting. And uh, I had no idea, you know, what I was getting into. I kind of thought it was going to be, um, you know, like the tradition, like the, the traditional university advisor kind of deals what I thought it was going to be like most. Um, and then you get in it, you're like, wait a minute, this is not what. OK, cool. I've been <laughs> yeah you know but once I got into it you know it, it, it was it bit me from that and then I've been pretty much in it ever since wow that is awesome yeah it looks like you were in higher education for a while but then you left and yes you ended up coming back what made you leave you know you know how you after you do it for a while I think everybody kind of gets to a point you reach like a burnout point and, you know, for me, I reached that point of where it was like, you know what, I I've been doing this for a while. Um, and, you know, when I got into it, I was young. And so I did a lot of traveling because I figured, you know, why not? I wasn't really tied down anything. Um, so I did a lot of moving. And so I moved a lot because you know how it is when you're moving up within positions, especially getting into a DOA role. Um, a lot of times to get promoted, you have to relocate. And so I've been doing that for years. And I just got tired of doing it. <laughs> and so I said, you know what, let me take a break from it. I got out of it and actually was out of it for uh, almost five years that I got out of it. And um, and really what it was, what changed for me was I had my first child. And when I had her, it was kind of like everything was all over again. I'm like, wait a minute. All right, we got to look at some priorities again. Mm -hmm. And I literally got back in. I kind of knew I was out of it for a while. So I literally started out back at ground zero. I actually applied as a rep. I did not go back immediately as a director. Um, I wanted to see if I still had the love. I wanted to see 
am I still good at it <laughs> kind of a thing. So I literally went back as a rep and it took me maybe, God, maybe two, three months. And I was like, okay, yeah, I got it. I'm just what <laughs> we're going to do. Yep, got it. <laughs> yep, like this is it. And got back in it and been in it ever since. And so it's, it's what I enjoy. It's what I love. I, you know, I have a passion for it. Um, and so I'm, I'm here. That's interesting. So you were out for almost five years and then yeah. you had your daughter. Is it your mm -hmm. daughter that really drove you back? What was it that said, you know what? Because there's anything else that you could have done, right? Yeah, yeah. What was it uh -huh. that said, you know what? Let me go back to admissions. It, I can also say she was she was definitely the the biggest motivator for me um, because I wanted to be present. You know, I wanted to be available you know for her and at the time I was working um for Sam's Club but I was a compliance manager for them so I was doing all the compliance stuff and all that and schedule just wouldn't really allow me to do you know to be there and be present the way that I wanted to and um that was really the motivator for me what was really truly that uh, but it was also for me I knew I could do it I, I had all these years you know behind me so I was like all right it, just, it only made sense for me to do it um but I had to see, you know, I had to see for myself. And that's why I went back as a rep first to see, you know, I know, I, I feel like I can do it, but let me see if I can actually do it, you know? Um, and I did. And the moment I got there, you know, seeing the students again, talking to the students again, getting involved, just the whole admission environment, just everything across the board. It was like, ah, all right. Yeah, this is okay, cool. Let's go ahead and get back in this DOA role. And, you know, and that's kind of how it, it really started for me so she was motivated to look at it and pursue it but once I got back it was it was the passion all over again wow you know what's interesting I love the fact that you said let me start off from the beginning again to see if mm -hmm. I still got it before you mm -hmm. jump back into that DOA role so let's talk mm -hmm. about the director of admissions role because you know there's so many people out there who are still sitting in the advisor seat the ADOA seat and they mm -hmm. can't wait to get their hands on you know a position a leadership position like DOAs so yep. what do you think it took for you to actually get into that particular position as a DOA uh, you know there's several things but I'll say the to me the the most important thing is you have to remain persistent um and I think that is one of the things that gets lost in in the in the process um because I trust me I got told no many times um got turned down many times before I had to prove myself that I was able to step into the role because you know being in a DOA role is, is more than just being in a DOA role like when you're looking at that leadership role like you're you're your responsibility is to guide that team. Your responsibility is to ensure that your team is successful. Not just you, but your team. And to me, being able to do that, you know, you have to earn your dues. You have to go through and, and be a rep for a little bit. You have to be able to coach to whether it's how do you overcome objections? Um, how do you deal with building relationships? How do you do all of those things? And you got to be able to do that. And especially now compared to, how it was when I first got into industry to comparison to what it is now, two totally different worlds. Mm -hmm. And now it's very much a lot of the training has to be done. Um, in my current role, my main focus is training um, when I got here because a lot of that kind of got missed. Um, you know how a lot of times we, we get so focused on the number and we forget how to get to the number. How do I get to the enrollments? How do I get to 
from the, the lead coming into the system to actually getting an app, getting an appointment, first of all, <laughs> and yeah. then taking that appointment, <laughs> you know, how do I get them to show up? You know, it's like, this, it's like a step-by-step, you know, process that you have to have that ability to be able to guide your team through it. And so I think that is the, the biggest advice I can give, you know, when it comes down to someone that's wanting to get into that role. I know it, it can be hard and it can be frustrating as well sometimes too, um, but you have to remain persistent, but you also have to continue to believe that you can get there. And just because you hear a no, mm-hmm. you keep going to you hear a yes. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Let me ask you yeah. this, because this has been a trending topic for a long time when it comes mm-hmm. to the COA role. Do you mm-hmm. believe that the top performers are the best DOAs? No. <laughs> please um, tell us why. Please. Yeah. <laughs> because, and, I, and it's so funny because I literally had this conversation with, with a representative of mine. Uh-huh. Being able to be a top performer, which is great, which is cool, because that's literally just you being responsible for yourself. But there's a different dynamic when you step into the leadership role. I call it that political side. That That's the side of where you got to learn how to build relationships across the board because now once you get into that doa role it's not just about you <laughs> now it's about for the betterment of the team it's for the betterment of the school it's a it's a it's a different global view versus i'm good at what i do and i can i can make it happen yeah absolutely nothing absolutely wrong with that and, and that's great but you have to be able to be able to step out of that comfort zone into that next zone and build upon that aspect because the same thing that made them a great rep it can make them a great doa but it's just different it's it's where you got to learn how to build those relationships with other departments because now how do i work together with financial aid how do i work with academics how do i work with the business office like there's so many different ways so many different relationships that you have to build but not just build them nurture them so it can't be i'm gonna do this and it's my way and that's it no 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 (laughs) it doesn't it doesn't work like that it's a totally different dynamic completely all together. Thank you for saying that. And the reason why I asked you that is because so many times I speak with like different campus presidents and me personally, I grew up in the old school environment mm-hmm. over 15 years ago where I yeah. mean that admissions was dirty. I mean, people mm-hmm. fucking mm-hmm. for students and there was so oh, yeah. it was so much competition and we had right. the top advisors, I mean, coming in with 25, 30 starts every five mm-hmm. weeks. And those were the mm-hmm. people who were applying for DOA positions. But yet right. still, you don't get along with your colleagues. Neither do you get along with any of the, the departments, you know? So right. it goes mm-hmm. way beyond just, okay, I'm a top advisor. I bring in numbers yeah. consistently, but the leadership role mm-hmm. is like non-existent. And I think more advisors yeah. need to understand that piece before they even touch mm-hmm. the DOA position. Yeah. Another thing that you, yeah, when you were talking about training. Mm-hmm. What's sad is that so many executives are not willing to invest the money in training. And mm-hmm. here's what was happening mm-hmm. also back in the day when it came to training, because I started out with CEC and oh, okay. training was like a punishment almost for the <laughs> yeah. underperformers. And mm-hmm. so what would mm-hmm. happen is every single week, and there were like 45 campuses at the time. Every right. single week, they would pull advisors who fell below a certain position, mm-hmm. um, a yep. certain um, percentage when it comes to different mm-hmm. you know levels, and they had mm-hmm. to get on that call. So it was almost embarrassing 
yes. for your colleagues to walk past and see you on the training call. Mm -hmm. And that's mm -hmm. not what it should have been. So now when it right. comes to training, people don't look at it as something positive. It's like, right. you're on a training call? Yikes. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, know? yeah, you're right. <laughs> that's missing today. Mm -hmm. That's interesting. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I think it, it was kind of like back again, going back in the day when we mm -hmm. when we first started out on the missions. That's exactly what it is, or what it was back then. Um, because it was like if you got on the phone and you, you were successful, or right, you just do that, you don't need training, you know, kind of a thing. I think nowadays it's so the opposite of that now. Because, be quite honest, because the type of rep that we deal with and that we work with now is a completely different rep that you dealt with you know, when we first in the 90s, <laughs> you know, so it's a totally different dynamic to where now it's, it's a mandatory thing to where I'm um, like, I, I have conversations with my reps and, and they'll be like, so when are we going to train again? You know, like I need to, like they, they're literally asking for it now where back in the day it would be like, no, no, I don't want to be, don't touch me. I don't want to be an ad, whatever. <laughs> now it's like, they literally ask me, Hey, when, when are we, when are we training now? Yeah. <laughs> That's a good thing. Well, you know, there's been a lot of talk about the decline in enrollments across the board, for profit, not yeah. for profit, and the mm -hmm. Gen Z population, and who's the right audience, and how do you communicate with them? But I think a lot of it has yeah. to do with the enrollment process. So, what is the yeah. enrollment process at your school from the beginning, like yeah. up to the class start? Yeah, it, it's pretty. I, I can say it's definitely more modern, is what I call it. In, in the context of from, you know, from the moment we get the lead and we're reaching out to contact them and have the conversation with them. Um, we actually give them options in terms of how they want the interview to be conducted. Um, of course, ultimately we want the student to come to the campus, of course, and ultimately we still want them to come to the campus, but we do offer a Zoom um, option to where they can actually do conduct an interview over the Zoom call. So it kind of gives, you know, that that student or that potential student a little bit of flexibility because sometimes, you know, they don't have the time or, or maybe that day not be, may not be a good time or a good day or anything like that. Um, so we do give them that option, you know, to go through the at least just the interview process via Zoom. So we do give them that option. Um, once they actually go through the interview process, either or whether it's via Zoom or on a campus, the next step is to have them come in to the campus. And the reason is, is because, of course, we have the Wonderlick that we do here. And so they have to do that here on campus. So either way it goes, you got to come to the campus one way or another. Um, and then once that Wonderlick is completed, from that moment on, it's pretty much paperwork and all that kind of stuff. But it's all done via right here on the campus. Um, and then, of course, you know, they go through the application process. They'll go through all the documentation um, and then we get them into financial aid because ultimately, what we want that student to leave with is a full idea and a full picture that they know exactly what to expect. They know what, what your payments are gonna look like. They know what they qualify for, what they don't qualify for. Um, you name it across the board. By the time they leave the campus, they'll actually have a full picture of what they're looking at. So that helps them feel comfortable with making that decision to go ahead and go to school with us. Perfect, perfect. Where do you think that process falls apart? Like if you think of after they uh, the financial aid and those days <laughs> leading up to when the class actually starts, do you see an area where <laughs> that process? Uh -huh. Yeah, um, honestly, I think it's it's the follow-up part um, or, or the consistent follow-up. I think what, what happens 
um, a lot of times the reps get into this comfort zone of where, all right, I got the enrollment, but they still have their POG that we need to get in. They still have the transcripts that they need. Um, for us, they have, because we do medical programs, they have to do background and uh, drug. Oh, I forgot, I need to follow up. Did they get that done? I think it's the follow-up piece to it uh, of that sometimes the, the ball gets dropped a little bit. Um, and a lot of, and that's what I try to teach them now is that, you know, you get so where you're enrolling, 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 sometimes they forget that part. And so I try to coach them on how do you balance all of that? Because you still have to get the enrollments, of course, but still, how do you balance out the follow-up? How do they do that? So I try to map it out with them to look at, okay, what's the scale? What's your day look like? Let's go through, talk about it. Okay, so in between your appointments or in between your calls, make part of the follow-up call part of your calling process. So that way, at least you're still, you know, still making your calls, but you're still doing the follow-up as well. So it's just a matter of, again, you know, it falls back down to coaching and training. Um, I think that's where the ball gets dropped a lot of times is in that follow-up process. Yeah. I agree. It's um, the stick to activity, right? Because yep. one advice exactly. and also is that your job starts at the enrollment. Yeah. You know, yeah. With everything in the beginning, all the calls, all the rejection that you have to go through. Once they make the decision to enroll, that's where everything begins. And I think mm -hmm. sometimes they mm -hmm. get comfortable because you have an, a student who is excited and over the moon yep. and they're like, oh, she's good to go. And that's the first student mm -hmm. that no shows the very first day of class. Because yep, there's no exactly. communication in between. We have to keep in mm -hmm. mind, okay, environment, right? So there's so many people that are still in these students' ears from the time mm -hmm. that they enrolled to the first day of class. Plus, the misconception is the closer you get to the class start, the more excited and over the moon they get. No, it's right. the opposite. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. They get freaked out. Exactly. Yep, exactly. And really for us, one thing that we do especially orientation. Um, for us, we look at orientation as kind of like that point of where you know whether or not if they, well, mm -hmm. we make it mandatory for, for them to come. But excuse me, even say for an example, if they don't come or they're not responding, that's your answer right there. You don't, you, I don't need to call you or anything. I don't need to chase you to see if you, you no. Mm -hmm. That's the answer right then and there. So you're right. It's just a matter of they, they think that, oh, they're, they're so excited. It's like, no, some of the environment that they're coming from mm -hmm. may not be as positive as we think it is and so you got to kind of take that into account and like you said understand that until that person comes and actually sits in class mm -hmm. at any point <laughs> it can happen <laughs> You don't want to be that advisor at the front desk where you're looking at the start class list and there's no signature next to your student's name. Now you look like the weirdo mm -hmm. going to the classroom and peeping in. Look, we've all been yep. there, right? And, and it's exactly. not the best um, situation, but the more that they stick throughout the process, the more confident uh -huh. they could actually be that their students are going to show. Okay. That was loaded. Thank you, Jason. What were you about to say? Yeah. I'm... No, no, I completely agree with you. Okay. And so, Jason, let me ask you this. Where do you see the future mm -hmm. of career education? Um, you know, to be honest, I don't see it going anywhere. Uh, um, to be very honest, with you, I, I can see it, you know, continuing to grow. Um, you know, the, the challenges, the political things and all of that that happens. But I don't see it changing, to be very honest with you. I don't see it changing. I don't see it going anywhere. Uh, and I say that because the career options that we offer are viable career choices that are not going anywhere, that are showing job growth, that are showing that the opportunities will be there, that's showing mm -hmm. um, that it continues to grow. And so 
I don't I don't see it going anywhere anytime soon. I think it's something that we have to continue to evolve. Um, you know, just like we do in admissions, you know, admissions is forever changing. And, and that's the one thing that is that you can bank on is mm-hmm. what will be consistent will be changed. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, and I think that that is the same thing as it applies for the industry as a whole mm-hmm. um, is that it is changed. But the ones that will survive will be the ones that are one that can adapt, but two that are actually willing to adapt as well. That's true. That's true. That's true. Yeah. So right now you're at Fortis, right? Yes, ma'am. Okay. Where are you located and what kind of programs do you guys offer over there? Yeah, I am actually located in Orange Park, Florida, which is basically Jacksonville, Florida. Okay. Um, and we, yeah, and we offer degree program and well, an associate degree program, which is nursing. So we do uh, nursing and search tech. Yeah, that we nice. do. Um, and then we do the diploma programs as well. And so we do dental assisting, uh, medical assisting, and, and um, sterile processing tech as well. Um, and so those are the, the diploma programs that we offer here. Okay, you guys heard it, yeah. right? Fortis, Jacksonville, Florida. <laughs> yes, yes, right? come see me. Right. Come see me. <laughs> <laughs> Jason, any final thoughts for our no, audience? It's, yeah, no, it's, it's my pleasure. Um, the one thing I could definitely say, because again, I enjoy the, the teaching aspect of it. The one thing I can definitely tell for the ones that's looking to be DOA, don't give up, you know, because at, at the end of the day, it, it's it's a process. And it's something that sometimes we get, bogged down in it and and it can be cumbersome but at the end of the day it, it's a process and, it, and it's okay just just continue to do the necessary things that need to be done and then everything else works itself out nice nice i love it so thank you for dropping all of these gems today jason i know that a lot of people are going to be inspired by the tips and your story mm-hmm. you know that you brought to the yeah. table All right. So one thing that Jason spoke about today was the training aspect. Okay. This is very important. And I believe that in admissions, there has to be ongoing training because our generation, look, they're changing, right? The way that we did things in the past is not going to work today. And I feel that empathy is a huge part of that piece. If you are looking for a training program because you need a support or if you have a DOA or you're looking for something that complements what your director of admissions are already doing, head on over to lessons.motivatewithkat.com to set up a demo so I can show you what that training program actually looks like. Lastly, if you are not following my YouTube channel, where are you guys? Okay, all of these episodes are loaded onto YouTube, plus really quick one-minute tips that can really get your teams moving. So make sure that you head on over to YouTube and subscribe at Motivate with KAT. Jason, thank you so much for joining us today. And I'm looking forward to round two. Absolutely. My pleasure. All right. Thanks, Jason. All right.